keys are to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. Time to talk about 49ers versus Jags and get a little bit into these matchups. I want to talk about a must-win matchup for the San Francisco 49ers versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. And there's a few matchups that the 49ers need to take advantage of on the offensive side of the football. I'm looking forward to talking about a must-win and then talking about some of the other matchups as well in this episode because the San Francisco 49ers are looking to rebound after a three-game losing streak. Now, they're coming out of a bye, which normally would give you a stark advantage over your opponent. However, they're playing the Jaguars coming off a bye as well. The Jaguars have been a very good football team, well-balanced, offensive effectiveness. Defense has been very stingy. Uh, They've been a good football team. If you go back and you watch the video I put out yesterday, Tale of the Tape, You can see how all the numbers illustrate how both of these teams win football games. And they're very good teams. They're balanced. I think that's always one of the things you look for. We're looking for teams that can not only compete in January, uh, but potentially get over that hump and be able to play that game in February. You have to be a balanced team. You have to play complementary football. You have to be able to count on the offense, defense, and special teams. And that's something that both of these teams are working to improve and get better at every single day. so That way they can compete at the highest of levels. And both have tremendously talented teams, tremendously talented players on both sides of the football. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I want to talk about the offense because the four yards offense has definitely been underperforming since they played the Cleveland Browns in week six. Cleveland Browns are one of the better defenses in the league. Uh, They're good against the run. They're good against the pass. And they just don't allow you to get very many yards or have opportunities to score. Now, at the end of that game, the 49ers had an opportunity to win, but they were unsuccessful. Special teams let them down. But there was plenty of parts in that game that didn't go the 49ers' way. They didn't execute at the highest of levels. And really, when it comes down to it, that's what you have to do. You want to be a team of destiny. That's what the 49ers are working for. And in that game, they lost a a few of their very talented players. Debo Samuel went down with a shoulder fracture. Trent Williams went down with a low ankle sprain. Of course, he did tough it out and play the rest of the game, but it's been hindering him that he hasn't been able to perform for this team. And also, they lost Christian McCaffrey for the second half. McCaffrey, dealing with an oblique, came back and has kind of tried to help the 49ers be what they could be without Debo Samuel and Trent Williams. Of course, it's had mixed results. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's tried to do it all. He's still been dynamic, still scoring touchdowns in every single game, but he's also been limited a little bit. I want to get into uh, McCaffrey, Debo, and all of that in this episode because I think that's one of the key matchups in this football game. But if you like betting, it's time to bet with Bet Online because the last of the major pro sports leagues off and rolling, and college basketball is ready to go as well. Bet Online remains your top spot for all your live action. Uh, betting and contests. NFL, college football, UFC, NHL are all in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. 
all the hoops betting action along with every sport available at your fingertips, both desktop and mobile access. Head to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code Believe. That's B L E A V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online where the game starts. And when it comes to starting this show out, please like and subscribe to the channel. I really appreciate it. it does a lot to help me and kicks it out the content to ex- to uh, other people. Uh, get it going. If you're listening on audio platform 40 hours cut back on believe please give it a five star rating i really appreciate it so the 49ers offense has got to get back on track and the way that they get back on track is running the football and that's why i wanted to talk about this being a must win matchup because the jacksonville jaguars are no slouch on the defensive side of the ball they stop the run pretty well they give up just 79 yards per game on the ground they are effective in stopping the run. They're effective of, in making teams one-dimensional. That's exactly what they're going to try to do to the 49ers, and that's exactly the blueprint that these teams have been trying to execute against the 49ers since the Cleveland Browns game in Week 6. Now, there's a few factors that made this a little bit easier for opposing defenses. Normally, when a defense would come up and they would put eight men in the box and go a single high safety, 49ers were willing to just let Brock Purdy rip it. But there were other things that they could do as well. Right now, it's just been Brock Purdy has to rip it. They'll put eight guys in the box. They'll load it up. They'll come after him. They'll run blitz. And they make it so McCaffrey can't be as effective as he used to be. There's just not as much space. One of the key factors in a run game is creating space, whether that's with blocking or just with formation or with using players in motion or shifts or just spreading them out. All those things are what you need to have an effective run game. You need to make sure you have space. The 49ers' space has been limited more and more every single week. When they went into the Cleveland Browns game, the Browns were intending on trying to limit their space, but 49ers came right after them. Debo Samuel on a jet sweep gets to the outside. That creates space. However, Debo Samuel was injured on the play. Stayed in for a couple of series, but... Really was a non-factor after that. 49ers used him as a decoy a couple of times, gave him the ball again. Uh, But really, you could tell there was something different about Debo Samuel. Once Debo Samuel was out of the game, it was a tougher run game for Christian McCaffrey in this offense. Then Trent Williams goes down with the ankle, and all of a sudden you're not getting the movement off the left side. And then your run game really starts to stagnate. Well, why is it stagnating without Debo Samuel? Well, Debo Samuel is a natural space creator. When you put Debo out there wide, he's going to pull a defender out there with him normally, but also he pulls attention because he's a guy that can get the ball on a quick screen and take it to the house. That's something the 49ers didn't have without Debo Samuel out there, that dynamic ability to catch a screen pass and house call it. There's two guys that can do it, Debo and Christian McCaffrey. Well, when you got two of them, it's hard to pay all the attention to one or the other. When you only have one, you can definitely pay attention to him. If you look at what Debo did in 2021, everyone pays attention to Debo. They know in a blink of an eye, Debo Samuel has the ball in his hands and he's ready to take off for a big-time touchdown. Well, now all the focus was on McCaffrey. And yeah, we've seen other players have success. We've seen Brandon Ayuk having success in the passing game or George Kittle doing the same thing. But it was never to the level that you were getting when you had Debo Samuel on the field. Debo impacts the game in a multitude of ways. 
And one of that ways is just creating space. Have you seen the new wave that the Miami Dolphins got going? The exit motion, motioning away from the formation towards the sideline. Of course, he was doing it with Tyreek Hill and creating a lot of space using speed. And that's how he was getting a little bit of a head start for Tyreek Hill. Well, Kyle Shanahan uses it in a multitude of ways. Number one, he motions outside of that receiver. It can reveal coverage because if depending on what they're doing zone-wise, you could get an adjustment from the corner and create separation um, inside the hash marks as a defender starts to vacate. It also creates separation and opportunity for the four yards in the run game. You have defenders that are sliding out towards the sideline to be able to adjust to not just Debo, uh, but to the outside receiver as well. Then what you get is more space to run the football. Now when you pitch those plays out on the edge, you're able to have more ground to get an edge defender pushed out and then run underneath him. Right now, what teams have been doing is trying to set a hard edge against the San Francisco 49ers and squeeze it down. They're making the 49ers run in a more defined area and a smaller area to run the football, where the 49ers were used to being able to run all the way outside the numbers, creating huge voids in the run game. Space is one of the key factors in running the ball. And just an extra two yards of space could end up being the difference between McCaffrey being able to find a hole and not. And so Debo Samuel is going to have a huge effect in that manner. Of course, Trent Williams, if he's back, and of course right now as of time of this recording, he's not back yet. He hasn't practiced. But maybe he will this week. If that happens, the 49ers like to turn to running the ball behind Trent Williams. Over 350 yards this year on the ground, running to the left side behind Trent Williams. Well, why is that a key factor? Well, it's been simple. Dewan Jennings and George Kittle have been trying to pick up the load of helping on edge defenders and getting a push inside when the 49ers are trying to run outside. They've been trying to give help to Jalen Moore on the edge. They normally don't have to do that with Trent Williams. Why is that significant? Well, now there are reads about, about where the block is, how they come off that block and which defender they go to next has been changed. Before, they counted on Trent Williams to be able to handle that guy, get an initial push, pass him off, or just completely take him down the line of scrimmage, and then they could push up to the second level to linebackers or, in Jawan Jennings' case, outside the corners or up to safety. Those were creating those whole-shot plays for Christian McCaffrey. You think about the big-time runs for the 49ers this year. They mostly come off the left side. They mostly come, be, come behind Trent Williams. And a big reason why is because he makes it easier for edge offensive players to block. If they're able to have easier, more defined uh, reads on who they're supposed to block, and they don't have to give help, it means they can get there. Because everything is predicated on timing, and everything is predicated on angles in blocking. And if you can get a proper angle in blocking, you can create some huge, massive holes. But being slow just a half a second could be the difference between cutting a guy off and creating a big hole and having to kind of take him through the hole to the other side and hoping that your running back's able to make a good cut out, cut out of it. If you're able to get there in the prime time, the exact same time you're supposed to as far as execution, you can get big hole shot plays like the 49ers got in Pittsburgh from Christian McCaffrey. Hole shot plays like they got against the Rams by Christian McCaffrey where he ends up throwing a killer Witherspoon to the ground. Big hole shot plays like they did against Dallas with McCaffrey you know, making a big play on the outside. There are opportunities to run the football, but it takes execution. And every time you add one of these players, it changes the game. Because now when these teams run a 3-4, and they've got those stand-up defensive ends. And let's be honest, 
The Jacksonville Jaguars have some pretty talented players on the edge. Of course, everyone knows about Josh Allen. And then they have, of course, Trevon Walker out of Georgia. They drafted a couple years ago. Those are their edge guys. Those are the guys that are going to be setting the edge against the 49ers. 49ers normally, pre-Debo injury, would like to get some movement with those guys. So they would hit them with a tight end, and then they would get a fullback or a running back coming across and get an extra kick on them and then run inside. But when Debo came out, they couldn't create enough space. Those guys were more willing to come down and crash more willing to get involved in the action, taking on the trap player. That means taking on the guard, taking on a wham player and a fullback and just absolutely smashing them down. By doing that, it completely boxed in the 49ers run game. So yeah, the 49ers aren't running the ball as much as they were during the first five weeks. An ineffective run game has been created. And a lot of it has been created by the blueprint of being able to keep everything within the hash marks as much as possible but even the numbers in that, in some cases, and bringing a eighth man into the box. The 49ers have to prove they can consistently beat eight men in the box. One way you do that, get Debo Samuel the ball in space. Debo Samuel in, in screens, Debo Samuel uh, catching the ball and running is one of those things that's going to make people think twice about bringing eight guys in the box. Because when you bring an eighth defender in the box, and you don't have to worry about outside plays, you're feeling, you're feeling okay about it. You could run a cover three on the outside, single high safety down the middle, and you feel like, hey, as long as we keep it underneath, we're going to be okay. But when you got Debo out there, you bring an eighth guy into a box, and he doesn't split the difference. And what I'm saying is split the difference is edge out a little bit his way while he's in the slot, or he's an outside, outside player. What happens is then you get an advantage as far as numbers because two-on-two on, two on the outside against Debo Samuel is a win for the 49ers. They'll take that every single day. You get a block on one of those defenders, and Debo one-on-one usually wins. So what you have to do is now that guy, that defender that's been in the box against the 49ers over the last three weeks has to move out. Debo Samuel creates space. So by him moving out, yeah, it somewhat limits the effectiveness right of your screen. Now, Debo will still run it, still catch the ball, and still take it to the house. Did it against the Rams when they do this. But what it did is it took that defender who had a gap responsibility and it moved him out. So now what do you have? And uh, the ability to run the football, it created space. It created a void that now that safety will have to run in from the outside. It created an angle for a tight end or Jawan Jennings to be able to get out there and block him. Angles is what it's all about. And as simple as a player like Debo Samuel creates that. Now Debo is a queen on a chessboard. Because he can do so much. Now you have the ability to put him in the backfield with Christian McCaffrey. Motion them out and put all kinds of focus on him. But what your defense can't do is get a set idea of what you plan to do. When Debo and McCaffrey are out there, who do you want on the field? And what matchup are you going to get? Are you going to end up getting Debo Samuel matchup with a linebacker? Win, 49ers. Are you going to get Christian McCaffrey lined up on a linebacker? Win, 49ers. Those matchups have been harder to get since Debo's been out. But just like with all things, you add that piece back in and now, it cr- and now it opens up. So the dynamic ability to run a wide receiver screen, the ability for Debo Samuel, the fear, could change the way some of these teams play defense. Now, I expect some of these teams to still come up, bring that eighth guy in the box, and make the 49ers prove they can do it. And if Brock can get the ball out to Debo Samuel and he can make some plays, it's going to spread them out. 
I talk about this a lot of times on the podcast, is one of the most important things that an offense wants to do is spread a team horizontally and vertically. The more grass you make a team cover, the better. With Debo Samuel, with Christian McCaffrey, Ayuk, George Kittle, and the weapons that the Foyers have on offense, they have been stretching everyone horizontally and vertically at least 25 to 30 yards down the field with Ayuk and George Kittle's effectiveness downfield, and even Debo on the deep crosser when he was playing. So they have a lot of space that they've been making teams cover. Without Debo Samuel, we've seen that change. It went inside the numbers. Now outside the numbers, yeah, you might have to defend the passing game sometimes underneath, but they haven't had to defend it in the run game as much because they've been able to set a better edge. He hasn't, they've been able to bring defenders in and Debo hasn't been able to get those defenders out of the box. Well, now that's going to happen. Debo is going to be able to get those defenders out of the box. And the things that they've been trying to get creative with using Kyle Juszczyk, using Elijah Mitchell in the backfield with um, Christian McCaffrey, those things are great. But now Debo Samuel's effectiveness is going to be huge. Well, let's talk a little bit about that Jacksonville Jaguars defense. It's pretty good. They've got the two edge defenders we talked about earlier with Josh Allen and with uh, Trevon Walker. But they also have some pretty good guys on the inside. Devon Hamilton's a very solid nose tackle. Um, Roy Robertson-Harris and then also Angelo Blackson coming in off the bench uh, do a pretty good job on the inside. As far as linebackers, Devin Lloyd is a young stud. He's been playing pretty good. The 49ers are going to have some opportunities to get the ball down the field. Now, of course, Josh Allen's been getting after the quarterback at a high rate, and if Trent Williams is there, you're probably not worried. Uh, that'll make everything easier for your offensive line. But if Trent Williams is not there, Warriors are going to have to be very creative. Now, watching some of the film, most of what happens with those two edge defenders, if they get a hole shot, if they get around the corner quick, they're going to get home. If they have to try to walk someone back, you're probably going to have time to you know get the, the passing game going. Well, the reason I talk about the passing game is because I think it's hand-in-hand hand with the run game. The 49ers win that matchup and are able to run the football consistently and get those numbers up. And what am I talking about? Well, when Debo Samuel was playing, the 49ers averaged 156 yards per game on the ground. Without Debo Samuel, it's 133. It's dropped off that far in just that short period of time. Three games, it's fell off that much as yards per game. We're talking about an explosive run game. But that has ripple effects through the rest of the offense. When you lose the running game, then you lose the effectiveness of the play-action pass. What did Kyle Shanahan do last week to try to mimic the run game effectiveness? He put out 22 personnel, two tight ends, two running backs, and he put them out there and he moved the pocket and he ran play-action because those are obvious run sets. He had to mimic and manufacture them believing that he was going to run the football so he could run play-action. He had to put Charlie Warner and Ross Dwelly on the field so they thought that they were going to be blockers. And yeah, that can work from time to time, and those are opportunities to get the ball to George Kittle or to one of these receivers in a one-on-one -on -one situation. But by doing that, you pull a lot of your playmakers off the ball, off the football, and off the field. So I think the 49ers don't want to do that very much, but they had to. But if you get and you establish a run game, you're going to be able to run that play-action pass having Debo and Ayuk and Kittle and Christian McCaffrey going out for passes and because you can run play action with Debo or McCaffrey. It gives you a lot of options. It kind of changes the game. You reinsert the screen game. The jet sweeps become more important again. 
all of a sudden, more attention is going to Debo and Brandon Ayuk and less attention is going to Jawan Jennings. Now, all of a sudden, third and Jawan is back because he's matched up against the number three corner instead of the number two. It all benefits. It's all ripple effects for the 49ers offense. So now that you establish a run game and potentially get you know, that eighth guy out of the box with Debo, now you can start hitting them on some of those deep crossers. You can start uh, putting some pressure on them to be in a horizontal stretch in their zone. And that's something the 49ers have seen. I know a lot of you have probably seen it. If you watch the All-22 film, head on over to my Patreon and check that out. The link's in the description section. Every single play broke down this season from a coaching lens. Now, the middle of the field has gotten tighter and tighter and tighter over the last three weeks. Talked about the safety coming into the box. Also, teams have been running a lurk, or you've probably heard it called a robber, where the safety comes in and takes away that intermediate portion of the field. And a lot of reason is that Debo Samuel's missing. With Debo Samuel, I know he may not look like it, but he is a vertical threat. Four or five speed from Debo Samuel. They have to take him serious going vertical. So when he runs up vertical, it does create space for other players. Plus, when you're in your layered concepts and you're running floods, now your layers are what? McCaffrey, Debo, uh, George Kittle, or you know, in any sort of uh, way you like it, those guys together can create opportunities and can get open. So that's the effect that Debo has on this offense. He creates space. He makes you fearful of blitzing because he's a blitz killer. You blitz at the wrong time, it's you know third and three, and the Jacksonville Jaguars love the blitz on third down. Third and three, you bring a blitz. Brock Purdy gets the ball to Debo Samuel in space, and you don't have anyone to the middle of the field. He makes one guy miss, and guess what? He's dancing in the end zone. That's the dynamic ability that Debo has and adds. So does he create? He creates space in the run game. He's going to create more space over the middle of the field with the ability to uh, do things down the field. Plus, Brandon Ayuk won't be bracketed coverage in the second half anymore. But plus, Debo Samuel's ability as game breaker just puts so much pressure on a defense. How many defenses are going to be willing to just run single high safety, knowing that they are going to have to contend with Kittle, Ayuk, and Debo going potentially on deeper routes while Christian McCaffrey's matched up against who underneath? I think they create some serious matchup problems, and a lot of it comes from Debo. Now, the effect that could happen from Trent Williams could be felt all along the offensive line. Right now, we've seen Kyle Shanahan building in help for Jalen Moore, sometimes help for Colton McKivitz to be able to not just help him in the run game, but also help them in pass, chipping, uh, just alignment to get an edge defender further out. They'll line up Kyle Juszczyk or an extra tight end right off of uh, Jalen Moore and get that defender to space out a little bit further. All those things that he has to build into the offense because he's missing Trent Williams. You add Trent Williams back in, now those receivers don't have to worry about chipping. They're going out and they're running their normal routes in time. You're getting more pressure on the secondary of the opposing team because Trent Williams can take away your best pass rusher. This week, it would be Josh Allen. He could be taken away by Trent Williams, and that means all you have to do is sometimes give Colton McKivitt's help on Trayvon Walker. That also means if you're not giving help and you're not worried as an interior offensive line about the edge players, then that means you can focus in on blitzes that are coming at you. You can pass off. You can give help. It has a ripple effect. Yes, you want to act like, you know, next player available, step up, come in and just get it done, and you do the best you can. But what happens is it does have an effect. 
Cause and effect is a huge thing in the NFL. It's a huge thing for the San Francisco 49ers. So all that's going to pay huge dividends. Debo being back is huge. If Trent comes back, that's even bigger. Next thing you know, you're starting to roll like you were in the first five weeks. Do I think the 49ers should have scored more than 17 points over the last three weeks? Yes. They had opportunities. They had mistakes on you know turnovers, penalties. I think a lot of those things where players were trying to do too much. I think in that Cleveland Browns game, they, they were pushing at the end and they should have won. I think if they'd have won that game, it probably would have changed their mindset for the next two. But what you've seen is a little bit of quicksand. The harder they fight, the harder they pushed, the more it dug them a hole. But now they've had time to rest. They've had time to reassess. And now they're having time to go out there and execute. Debo Samuel's going to have a huge effect on this run game. And the 49ers must win it. Jacksonville gives up 79 yards per game on the ground. 49ers average 133. 49ers need to rush for well over 120 yards in this game. And why do I say that? Because if they do, it's going to open up play-action pass game. It's going to control the clock. Time of possession is huge. Keep your defense fresh and off the field. Because if you do that, that means Chase Young, Nick Bosa, and the rest of the defensive line is going to be able to get after Trevor Lawrence. That's one thing the 49ers have struggled with. Early downs being successful. There were some games they didn't even have a third down uh, early on in the game. So stay on schedule. Early down success with the run game. Use the clock. Take advantage of that. And let Debo create space. When that happens, it's all gravy. And I know sometimes you think, oh, it's just a player. Debo is not just a player. Debo is a weapon. And when you have a weapon, that's when you get everyone's attention. All last week with Jamar Chase against the 49ers, when you have a weapon, you can catch screens. All of a sudden, you jump up on it. He's down the field with a touchdown. Those things are tough to stop when you got guys that can create with their legs after the catch. And that's exactly what the 49ers need to do against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Be good at creating once you get the ball in your hands. You make somebody miss, you can make them pay. So get the run game going is a must-win matchup this week. It'll have ripple effects through the rest of the team. And that's exactly what the 49ers are looking for. Return success in the run game, return success in the win column for the San Francisco 49ers. Thanks so much for watching this episode of 49ers Cutback. Like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. I'm going to be doing a defensive video tomorrow talking about matchups the 49ers must win on defense. Come check that out. Check out the tail of the tape video. Of course, uh, listen on 49ers uh, Cutback on Believe. That's available if you're listening there. Give it a five-star rating. I really appreciate that so much. And then, just like always, more content coming your way all week. This episode of 40 Yards Cutback was brought to you by Bet Online, where the game starts. Catch you guys on the next one. Until then, stay safe. And remember, the right way is always the 49ers. Okay, here's how Miro works. See, it's amazing. What's everyone doing at David's desk? Ever since marketing started using Miro's collaborative online whiteboard, he thinks all our other teams should sign up. Why? He says Miro's making his meetings disappear. And if every team gets on it, that means even less meetings. 
They're using Miro for brainstorms, mind maps, customer research. So could we use Miro instead of having another hundred meetings for every round of feedback? Yep. You can comment, react to ideas, even leave a recording on the board. And what about presentations? There are Miro templates for that. How do you know so much about Miro? I've actually been using it all along. I just used a Miro board to plan the best vacation. Okay, I'm on board. See how Miro users save up to 80 hours every year by meeting less and doing more. Get on board at Miro.com with three boards free forever. That's M I R O.com.